All right, welcome in, welcome back. Another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Ben Mandel, Corey Jason, Dylan Mellon, Ryan Balliott, your hosts for today, Tuesday, October 17th. The NFL regular season flying by, week six behind us. We're going to take a look at what happened this past weekend of football. We're going to take a look ahead to next week. But first, Corey's favorite 60 seconds of the week. Cole Report <laughs> Weekly, a lot to talk about, and 99% of it is bad. Another loss in Jacksonville, as we all expected, 37-20. to 20, The Colts lost. Minshew, in his return to Duval, four turnovers. Not what I was expecting. Also, report is that the Colts are approaching the Anthony Richardson shoulder injury with a long-term thought process. He is expected to get that surgery, which would knock him out the rest of the season. Put him on the bench, learn like many thought he would anyway, just not the way we thought it would happen. And then also today, Grover Stewart, our underrated defensive tackle, playing alongside DeForest Buckner, got popped with a six-game suspension for violating the substance abuse policy. And based on his statement on Instagram, he wasn't expecting it. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. It reminds me of the Robert Mathis situation a number of years ago. Mathis trying to start a family. Somehow those drugs he was taking, fertility drugs, got uh, tipped <laughs> off the the policy alert system. So well, maybe something. I'll, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, as someone who now works at a fertility pharmacy, <laughs> um, the, one of the, one of the drugs is HGH. So just throw that out there. You know, I love Colt report weekly because I love Anthony Richardson, but now that he's out for the year. It, it kind of takes the, uh, the splendor away from it. Now the only thing for Colts wise I have to live for is Michael Pittman. Yeah, I don't I mean, mean to Michael brag. Pittman is amazing. So, but what what did I give Colts from a weekly guy. as like the over under for relevancy? Edward, did I give it like five and a half, maybe six and a half weeks? And I was told Anthony Richardson, he'll keep it relevant. Ooh, tough blow for those people who took the over on how long Colts Report Weekly would be relevant. Oh, you're going to make him keep it going out of spite, though. <laughs> I will still be here report. reporting on the Colts in a weekly fashion, whether well, you guys weekly. like it or not. The Colts yeah, lost 60-3, to but that three-point was a Matt Gay 63-yard field goal. He broke the record. Hey, I'll take the fantasy points. <laughs> well, we all. Middle right. name. Let's get into uh, – there's some <laughs> – we're going to call this contender concerns from this past week. The Bronco, or yeah, the Broncos kept it closer. <laughs> Contender. Contender. The Broncos kept it closer. You didn't let me finish the sentence. Then we thought, I, I was expecting a couple massacres on primetime football, but the Chiefs didn't blow the Broncos out. The Bills didn't blow the Giants out, but they escaped with wins. On the NFC side, San Francisco and Philly, not so lucky, not so fortunate. So of these four teams, I'm going to give my opinion on them in the Outsider Sports Football column this week. But are you concerned about any one of these teams moving forward and what they showed you this week, guys? Simply put, no. If you win the game, you win. You don't get, you know, there's no style points. This isn't college football where you need to blow teams out. A win is a win. And look, at the end of the day, Kansas City, they're going to keep piling up wins. It doesn't matter who they play. They've looked great in some instances. They've had some clunkers. But you know what the bottom line is? When they look bad, they still win. That's how good they really are. You look at San Francisco. I think that they played a good team in Cleveland. I think Cleveland's a good team. I think a lot needs to be said about P.J. Walker, right? This is a guy who has come in, filled in in games, and 
been competitive every single time he's gone out there and started a game, it feels like. And I like exactly. Hey, you know what? I I went and saw PJ Walker was starting against San Francisco. I watched that game because I felt like that was going to be the more entertaining game, even though Cleveland without their starting quarterback going against that San Francisco defense, I still had faith in PJ Walker. So I'm not surprised that PJ Walker ended up going out and winning this game. I think Cleveland's defense was really good. I think the only concern might be for San Francisco is that you see Brock Purdy does have some limits, but I still wouldn't be concerned. You saw what they did against Dallas and look, they're going to have home field in the NFC. I'm not worried. Philadelphia on the other hand though, while they didn't look great against the Jets, I still think that this is a team that just hasn't put it all together yet and we haven't seen what they're going to do. Yeah, uh, to piggyback off that, concerns is very – no, I'd say no, but there are certain things about these teams that are problems, and each team had it highlighted this week. The Kansas City Chiefs, there's some real question marks about that wide receiver room. We kind of knew that going into this season. Travis Kelsey has a big game, and they don't put up a ton of points. Now – Short turnaround week, the Broncos were competitive versus the Chiefs last year in both games. The Chiefs could make a move at the deadline for another piece like they did Kadarius Tony last year. I'm not worried. They've shown a history of being great. For the San Francisco 49ers, I didn't think Brock Purdy was elite. I was vindicated. No concern there. They still have a top two roster in the NFL. For Philadelphia, there are some concerns. The secondary, uber banged up. Lane Johnson, is he going to be healthy? And Brian Johnson. Is he going to learn that this is a run first football team? Those are the concerns. And for the Bills, I think I have the biggest concern with them. And it's, are they going to get a second weapon outside of Stephon Diggs? Because if not, it's the same formula that's going to have you lose in the playoffs to a Cincinnati with multiple weapons, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, because they're just better than Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, or maybe even Baltimore this year. But concern for next week or if they're going to be good regular season teams? No. I look, I I'm sorry, Corey, Dylan. It's not that Buffalo doesn't have weapons. Josh Allen needs to learn that he has more than Stefan Diggs because Gabe Davis has shown that he can play. They have two tight ends that I really like in King. Well, King didn't Dawson play Knox. on Sunday. <laughs> Correct. But it's not like this is a team that can't put up points on offense. Yeah. You know what? Wink Martindale kept Josh Allen off balance. And I, honestly, Brian Dable knows Josh Allen better than anybody in the league at this point. I'm not surprised that the giants were able to have a game plan for him. I, I, you can't overreact to the bills. They have weapons. Josh Allen just needs I to just learn. I just don't believe in Gabe Davis Diggs in the playoffs. I don't believe him in the playoffs. Also, Gabe Davis really hasn't been good this year to begin with. He has struggled pretty much. He's mighty. just a touchdown machine for them in the red zone. That's about it. But the F in NFL stands for frauds. And that's what these top teams really showed. There is something to be really concerned about with every single one of these top four teams. The Chiefs. Their offense outside of Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and Pacheco is not very good. They should have torched a terrible Bronco defense, and they didn't. The Chiefs' offense the past few weeks has kind of struggled. The Eagles, and I said it last week and I'll say it again, the Eagles aren't the same team as they were last year. I believe they're going to put it together, but they haven't, and I don't know what's holding them back. Is it their offensive scheme? Has Hurts regressed a little bit? I don't know, but they're not as dominant as they were last year. And to really 
take over and be that number two team and be in that next stratosphere of teams, they got to get there. The Chiefs, they're not there. The Bills, the Bills are a weird case because the Bills have never really, in this run, shown that they can get out of that, you know, that first level of teams. They're a Super Bowl contender, but they're not a team that I truly believe can win a Super Bowl. Just based on the way they're built and the way they play, they're always going to get beat by, like you guys said, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Chiefs. There's always a team that's just going to be better than them. Their identity, and I think we saw with Josh Allen, is changing a little bit, where he's not taking everything himself and he's trying to do more with others. They just don't have the players, and they're ridiculously banged up on the defense side of the ball. You know, the best pass rushers, their safeties, their top two corners all out. At some point, it's just going to be too much to overcome. And then the Niners, yeah, Purdy, you know, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He was a seventh-round pick, the last pick in the draft for a reason. Nobody's really saying that he's elite and should be an MVP, or at least they shouldn't because he's Oh, it not. was out there. Hey, it was out just, there. Just because he's not point. elite. Just because he's not elite does not mean he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. Well, he shouldn't because Christian McCaffrey's the MVP of the team, and that's yeah. why he shouldn't. Yeah, no, Dylan. Saw what happened when Brock Purdy wasn't under center in that NFC Championship game last year. Yeah, who was the quarterback? Josh Johnson. Exactly. Yeah, but that that means that your quarterback is your most valuable player. No, you 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 threw a guy in who wasn't even on the team all year in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, who had one of the yeah, but Christian McCaffrey was playing. Brock Purdy was not. That's my argument for who is more valuable. My argument is that game was going to look like that no matter who was in. That Eagles team last year, the defensive line, the pass yeah. rush was one of the greatest of all time. But the Niners, I think, at least for me, I have the least concern with them. Their defense is still top tier. The injuries they sustained against the Browns, they're all short-term injuries to their star players. That's a massive sign for them that they're going to be okay. I still believe the Niners are the only team clear-cut above everybody else. And those other three teams in that next tier, they have to do some soul searching and figure things out. The Eagles, I think, are in the best position to figure it out because, sure, they're banged up, but they still have the potent offense. They just need to figure out how to get the ball in Smith's hand. A.J. Brown's been doing it the past few weeks. Their run game's been great. Just brought in Pro Bowler, Julio Jones. (laughs) There's there's just something missing, and I think Hurts had a fantastic year last year but he's regressing back towards what he really is, but maybe over too much. Cause he's not, he's not a bad quarterback, but he isn't the perennial MVP that we saw last year. He's somewhere in between and they need to figure out how to operate with that. The bills I touched on the chiefs just need weapons. Get Mahomes some more weapons and the chiefs will be fine. Now I do want to ask Dylan a question because Dylan, you watch the Eagles more than all of us. Oh, do you feel like Hertz has been running as much this year? And do you think it's because of that shoulder? So I think that Brian Johnson is now the offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback's coach for anybody that doesn't know. So his relationship with Jalen Hertz is there. However, I don't think he truly knows the proper way to use Jalen Hertz. I think he thinks Jalen Hurts is more along the lines of Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields when Jalen Hurts is really more along the lines of prime Russell Wilson. What makes him so good is his escapability, not to design runs for him. Countless times this year, Eagles fans will say this, third downs, it's a designed quarterback draw. What the hell is that? 
you have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard in the red zone and you're doing a quarterback draw, their red zone offense has been dreadful. That's why this team brought in Julio Jones, a six foot three target down there. That's the only reason they really brought him in. But overall, I think the team needs to get back to their identity that I thought they found in weeks two and three versus the Vikings and Buccaneers where use the run to open up the pass. How good did that team look versus Minnesota once DeAndre Swift got it going and then that opened up the play action? And I get it, Minnesota's a crappy defense, but that's the method for success. And it felt like versus the Jets, Brian Johnson was just outcoached at a high level by Robert Sala. And Brian Johnson, it's his first year, and Robert that, Sala's been coaching elite defenses. And that Jets defense that has Jets been elite all year. Is good. They that, just, they, they're not just they're not just good. Like they're elite. They don't just stop you. They take the ball away. I mean, when they you look at the games that they have won, and they've gotten multiple takeaways. I mean, the big game, even like you look at against the Chiefs. Why was that game close? The defense took the ball away from Mahomes twice. You, you could argue they that. took it away three times. <laughs> but no yeah. no DJ Reed and no sauce makes that game against the Eagles even more surprising because their depth at corner of the Jets isn't there. Mm-hmm. These guys Without their, they had their top two corners played. out as well. Yeah. yeah I, I sent out this tweet Reader, that Pro really Bowl, signifies geez. their defense. Pro Bowl um, corners. It's just ridiculous how they clamp down Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, Eagles offense couldn't. AJ really Brown still had a really good day. He had a good day, but not good enough. And that yeah. was well, and how many of those catches is AJ Brown going to make? Yeah. So <laughs> the, in three games this season, right? So the Jets are three and three, and they've played arguably three top ten quarterbacks in Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. In those three games, they've given up three passing touchdowns to eight interceptions. They have only allowed six second-half points. They didn't give up a touchdown once they made halftime adjustments against all three of those quarterbacks. The three quarterbacks have a combined 62 passer rating, and they've gotten eight sacks on those guys. And Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are two of the best escape artist quarterbacks in the NFL. That Jets defense is so legit, and if you're a Jets fan, it's going to be so brutal to watch. Brees Hall exploding, Garrett Wilson looking great, and then you just know that Aaron Rodgers, what this team could have been. Well, hey, they're still winning games, though. They're still competitive. And you know what? Before the season even started, and Corey brought this up, and I've been hearing it all week, Robert Sala said it even when he had Aaron Rodgers with the way the schedule opened up this year. They just wanted to get into the bye at 3-3. and And that's where they are. And they They are right where they want to be, even without Aaron Rodgers. How can you be disappointed in this start for the New York Jets? It's not disappointed. It's just, do you trust Zach Wilson to go win multiple playoff games? Probably not. Would you have trusted Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Well, I trust him as much as I would trust Brock Purdy in last year's postseason. No. With that defense, I would totally trust Zach Wilson to go out there and protect the ball. He just doesn't have the weapons. The no, he's he's, not, the he's not known to make the mistakes that Zach Wilson has shown. Yeah, but Zach today. Wilson, what has he done the last few weeks? Not made the mistakes. He's showing it. He's growing. He's getting better. That's so why does that automatically I put him on par right with Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy had a full season last year where he didn't make those mistakes. Yeah, but Zach Wilson has had seasons to grow and learn from those mistakes. You can't just discount making the mistakes and learning from them as well. And now he is putting together a track record of doing it well. Three games. Against tough teams. Three Three games against tough teams and two wins. Tough teams and the Broncos. And he did not look inspiring against the Broncos. 
They won, but he did not look inspiring. He did not look great. I don't think it's up on the road that Zach Wilson One has on looked. He's looked much better so far this season than he has the last two seasons. Yes. So let's, you know, they have the bye week to reset. Like you guys said, the schedule does soften up a little bit. But when you have a defense like that, that's as good as San Francisco's. But I'll say this. They don't have the weapons that San Francisco had last year, and they definitely do not have the offensive line because then it was uh, Tipman, the Jets' rookie center, went down with an injury this past week as well. So they didn't have a great offensive line to begin with, and they've lost pretty much all of their good ones thus far. So take the Maybe bye it's week. the new turf in MetLife. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> that's other. All the offensive linemen are gone. Don't worry. Once on the, uh, the World Cup commits to MetLife, they're going full grass. That's, I mean, they're going to have to because the final is going to be in New York. You're right, and they we're also they're going to have it. So, yeah. So well, they have by. to. Yep. Well, no, they're not. They wanted in New York because it was in L.A. last time. Yeah, we'll Texas. see if the Jets can keep this mini momentum going. But you guys mentioned about the depth in their secondary, so let's go to Outsiders of the Week because mine is right there. Tony Adams. This unproven corner, unknown corner, this is a definition outsider, gets the interception on Jalen Hurts to give the Jets not only the ball back, but in great position. The Philly defense allows pretty much Brees Hall to walk into the end zone just to get the offense back on the field. And then the Jets defense did what they do. So I want to give props to Tony Adams getting that interception, making that play, jumping that route, and giving life to the Jets to go into the bye with an even record. I don't want to give props to Tony Adams for some reason. <laughs> I wonder hey. what that reason could be. Hey. Well, some guy I'm going to give, I want to give props to someone I did shout out before in the show and his numbers don't look great, but the most important one was a win against the San Francisco 49ers. My outsider of the week is PJ Walker, the 28 year old quarterback out of Elizabeth, New Jersey represent. We lo- we love a Jersey kid making it. And yeah, you know what? His numbers weren't great, but look, when you look at his career numbers, he's been able to go out there, play, and keep games competitive. How many of those Carolina games when P.J. Walker was just going out and slinging the ball did you throw on or, or see just shots of when you're watching Red Zone? Because all of a sudden, Carolina's coming back and has a shot to win the game. And it's because of P.J. Walker. And this is someone who stepped in in a very difficult situation up against one of the best defenses in the league in the San Francisco 49ers. Hung on. He did turn the ball over twice, but he did just enough for his team to win that game. Hats off to P.J. Walker for picking up a win and knocking off the San Francisco 49ers. So Dylan's Eagles could be the official last undefeated team. Yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Um, <laughs> my outside of the week, former Philadelphia Eagle, Jordan Hicks, linebacker of the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings got the news that Jefferson was going to be out four to six weeks. It felt like, you know, time to pull the plug on this season for them. But Jordan Hicks got 10 tackles in the game versus the Bears and was the defensive player who got the scoop and score touchdown, which ultimately ended up being enough points for the Vikings to squeak out of there with a win. Now, two and four, they get to keep going forward. Listen, the NFC, it's strong at the top, but you can get into the wild card at nine and eight. We've seen it. The Vikings, they still got life, and it could be because of Jordan Hicks. For me, I'm going on a, a an outsider on a team that's not going to make the playoffs. And that's going to be Giants linebacker Micah McFadden. Somebody who I didn't think was very good. And I still I'm still not convinced. 
But his showing on Sunday night against the Bills, three tackles, four assists, a pass breakup, an interception off a tip ball, and a fumble recovery that he didn't force himself was a pretty good night. You know, he was getting into the hole, tackles for losses. He was showing up everywhere. Him and Bobby Okereke, Bobby Okereke finally showed up. Ryan, where's he? <laughs> that was his best game as a Giant by far, and that it's too bad he can't be an outsider. I'll tell you, that might have been his best game ever. I was so happy. Was so good. He made too much money to be considered an outsider, though. So I chose the guy right next to him so I can bring him up, too. Just an incredible showing by a Giants linebacker. And the Giants haven't had a linebacker play well since, I don't know, Antonio Pierce in 2007. Blake Martinez was good for eight games. (laughs) No, he was good that one. That first year in New York, he was was good. good. Then he got hurt. And then he got into Pokemon cards. And then scammed some people. But uh, McFadden, you know, second-year guy, you need to be able to hit in your later-day draft picks. And McFadden is a day-three pick. Starting to show some signs of something there, something that we got to monitor. I'm really excited to see how he bounces and does another game. Does he keep the momentum? Does he not? But on Sunday night, with the lights being bright in a game that the Giants had no business being in, he showed up. Yeah, it was great to see, like you said. I mean, Okereke and McFadden, great linebacker play. You love to see it for the Giants. Let's take a look ahead now to week seven. Teams on by this week, Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, New York Jets, as we mentioned, the Tennessee Titans, and the Cincinnati Bengals will all enjoy a week of rest here, closing in on the midpoint of the season. So with all those teams off, we're going to have quite a few less matchups the past Can couple you weeks. Explain to me why we have those what six teams off, and we had two teams off last week. It's because uh one uh one of the teams coming back from London didn't want to buy. Uh, the Ravens didn't want to take the buy after London. So that's the only reason why we had two teams off, and that's it. Yeah, it was supposed to be the Ravens and Titans off this past week. All right, that makes sense. So they played this week. That's what I'm saying. When they were in London, they were they had the choice. They that would have been another team off this the, week, though. Nothing changed last week. Yeah. Well, no, but it would have cycled differently. They had to make up two more teams not mm. being off one week in another one. So that's how it got made up this week with the schedule. But when you were coming back from London, you were this early in the season. You're like when you're traveling, they give you the choice: Do you want to buy now, or do you want to save it for later? The Ravens were like. We want it later, not now. And I guess Tennessee said the same thing. Yeah, honestly, that's probably the smart decision. Keep that week off for later in the year when you're more. Banged now up you get Detroit while you're coming. You're playing overseas. early anyway in London. You'll be yeah. home by Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, Ravens playing the Lions, and that's the game that I want to talk about because we mentioned those teams at the top: San Francisco, Philly, Kansas City, Buffalo. You could put Miami in there as well. They have a big matchup. Dylan's going to talk about, but for the Lions and the Ravens, they're sort of that next couple teams so we're going to get a good idea of you know as long as both teams show up a this is going to be an exciting game they had a thriller a couple years ago where justin tucker did hit that uh record game winner 60 plus yard field goal that was when we started to say like hey this is going to be a big win for detroit then you know detroit fashion they lose it now this is going to be a real test the lions passed their first one knocking off the chiefs their level of competition hasn't been as high the last couple of weeks. Now they've taken care of business, blowing out the Panthers and, you know, some other teams, 
So this is a big test. This is what I'm excited for. Likewise for the Ravens as well. With the Steelers, they went into their bye week atop the AFC North. This past week, all the AFC North teams won. So this is turning out to be a very exciting division, kind of as we expected it to be, that AFC North. So Baltimore, this is a big test for you guys as well. Let's get a prediction, Ryan. I think I'm going to lean. Let's go Detroit 24 I'm going to go 24-23. I'm hammering down. This will be real close. I'm hammering down Baltimore. If the media believes in Detroit, it's over. Yeah, Am I considered the media now? Do we make it? Well, just in general, I think the media (laughs) does like Detroit. Stephen A. had them at the top of his A-list today. The Lions' best team in football. Oh, Lions are cooked. (laughs) Yeah, that's the curse. Yeah. Well, anyway, to change the subject, I'm going to go into my matchup because it's completely different. Opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going with Cleveland and Indianapolis. And the reason why is because, one, I I think Indianapolis, as Ryan will definitely attest to, they play up to games that they're not supposed to win. Like, they win games they aren't supposed to win. And for Cleveland's sake, what have they done all year? They've been disappointing following a win (laughs) they went out on opening day big win week two loss week three win week four loss now they come out of the of the bye and they beat san francisco what are they going to do in week seven lose to indianapolis wow and just when i thought ben was the king of the pj walker fan club he picks from well, the lose. Deshaun, Watson, Deshaun Watson's going to be back. If Watson's week. back, not, they I don't lose. Think so. If PJ Walker's so. back, the Browns win. Book it. <laughs> uh, so my game, obviously, got the flag. It's too big of a game for me not to pick as my game of the week. Dolphins, Eagles, potential Super Bowl matchup. For me, the MVP of the National Football League coming into Philadelphia. How can they stop the MVP, Tyreek Hill? We shall see. Oh, I thought you were going Moster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been, I actually got cooked a little bit today on TikTok for saying Tyreek Hill's the MVP. But I said if he's on pace for 119 receptions, 2,300 receiving yards, and 17 touchdowns. If a wide receiver can't win MVP doing that, they just can't win at all. Wait, they is that can. considered a hot take or something? Uh, somebody was telling me it's Tua, well, and I, I said, and, Well, no, on, and no. I'm going to give the exact same argument I gave before. If you take Tua off of this roster, Tyreek Hill isn't doing anything. That makes Tua's value higher than Tyreek's. I, I highly disagree with that. What's you, Tua what Tyreek, Tyreek? What did Tyreek you put whoever do you want back year. there? I don't want to discount anything Tua's doing. You put any quarterback in the NFL back there, Tyreek's. What were Tyreek's numbers after? Tua got hurt. What they weren't Tyreek... as good. They were not as good. My but... question is, then can a wide receiver just not win MVP? That's what I'm saying. The wide and receiver it's not an cannot MVP. because it's the quarterback, quarterback is that important. Quarterback of a position. Award, not an MVP award. It is. No, your most valuable player is your quarterback. And don't so, see what happens when your quarterback is not quarterback. playing. When your quarterback's not playing, if Patrick Mahomes is not playing, the Kansas City Chiefs are garbage. And if when Tyreek Hill Lamar Jackson play, is not playing, the Baltimore Ravens are not the same team. I don't care what Nick Huntley did last year. The quarterback is the most important position on the field, making it the most Jaylen valuable is position. Not doing when he is gone, year, you don't move that's the a ball. Testament to two and not being the MVP. If Waddle was doing it just as well as Hill and having the numbers, then there's an argument for Tua. 
But if Tyreek's not playing and Waddle is doing it, then yes. But you know why? But why do you give it to Waddle? If they're if both you don't playing, why is it only one guy? Because yeah, they're covering just, one. You can't cover everybody. What you did, Why wouldn't you choose I to think Tyreek? Well, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think this is means of conversation. And what Ben is saying, like I completely understand. Oh, 100 But my point to that is, so a wide receiver can never win the award. Is because Tyreek Hill is about to have the best wide receiver season of all time, and he can't win the award because the quarterback stats will always be better unless the quarterback only throws the ball to Tyreek Hill. But even then, like we're saying here, and they're more important throwing it to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and the quarterback's just ultimately more important than a wide receiver always. It doesn't matter who is playing what position. For me, I have Tyreek Hill because I think if you have the greatest season of all time at your position and you are a huge chunk of your team's success, that should be enough. Because should at the end, offensive player of the year. Should Cup have won it? That's probably what's going to happen. Should Cup have won it two years ago, Dylan? So I'm going to say no because there was quarterbacks that had elite numbers. Right now, there's no quarterback that has any elite numbers. Even Tua is playing well, but if you take away Tyreek, obviously his numbers aren't elite. But aside from Tua's numbers being inflated due to Tyreek's, that's it. Everybody else is kind of lower. And that's the same reason I had McCaffrey in the top of my rankings. But as for this game, the Eagles secondary, it's going to be tested. The Eagles offense, they have to show out. Miami's a defense that can get got. The Bills showed you that. The Kelly Green Unis, Sunday Night Football. Here's what I'll say. Everybody's kind of hopping off the Eagles. Everybody's really on the Dolphins. Vegas has the line at Philly minus two and a half. What do really good teams do off of a bad loss? I mean, good teams win, great teams cover, right? Yeah, we'll see what the birds are. <laughs> For me, I'm going two teams that it's kind of hard to put a finger on where what they are. I'm doing Steelers at Rams line right now. Rams minus three in Los Angeles. They're both teams fighting for a wild card, but like, I'd take are they the really good? Are they really good? Like, I don't know. Puka's kind of, at least this past week, fell off a bit with Cooper Cup being back. Cup and Stafford have some type of like elite connection. They just know where each other are. The Steelers, Kenny Pickett's your quarterback. I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris shouldn't be the starting running back. Jalen Warren is a lot better than him. George Pickens, I mean, he's good, but you don't use him enough. There's just a lot of turmoil in Pittsburgh. Matt Canada should be fired. That's, uh, by the way, opening night in Pittsburgh for the NHL. Fire Canada chance. That's in a oh, hockey game. Fire Canada chance. Yeah, that's Not bad. Am, am I somebody, because I'm willing to accept that I could be wrong here on this take, and maybe I'm just a little messed up in the head. But am I wrong for liking the Rams more than I like the Seahawks right now as a playoff no. team? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I, I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah. I think Seattle did not look good this past week. Um, but look, I think also, I think this week is a big week for the Rams yeah. because even though Corey doesn't like the Steelers, I think the Steelers are a good team. I don't, I don't think they're a playoff team. But I, I think I, if I, the I Rams can win though. this week. The Rams could, it's going to be tough. The Steelers' defense yeah. – Still good. That's if the Rams win Mike this Tomlin week. I think that the Rams is the are the best legit. coach in the NFL. I think. Ooh, uh, don't say that oh. in Pittsburgh. Yep. 
Mike Tomlin is a top there's three. Very, they're very look, I think the fact that he still has a job is a testament to that. Like you don't you don't have a job with a team as long as you do if you're not. But there are a lot I feel like Pittsburgh fans are split very 50-50 on Mike Tomlin. There are those who either love him or those who hate him and think it's time it's for no a change. Sense. He is a, an elite Hall of Fame head coach. He could retire today and he's going to Canton no matter had a losing season. That's uh, and it's unbelievable. All with the same team. He's been. I mean, I know he took over a pretty good team. He's been there almost. Good I mean, he, even, he had a winning year with Duck years. Hodges. That's what I mean. He's had to. He's had to go and he's had to replenish his roster and rebuild a few times and to still have not only winning seasons, but I'm pretty sure they've made the playoffs in most of them. Like, yeah. all but like maybe two. And that's what makes it even more frustrating that they won't make a change on this offense. Not that they have a better option to turn to besides Kenny Pickett. I mean, do you really want a Trubisky out there? I know like, you no, want I a new OC. You can be fine Canada. if you have a if yeah. you have a good offensive coordinator. Canada then who good. knows? You, you can't yeah. judge Kenny Pickett off of this. It's like Daniel Jones first two OCs years confirmed. Shane Steichen's uh not too bad this far. Bring him, bring him back. We need <laughs> him back. No, we need him more. All right, week seven. Looks exciting. Some great matchups ahead. Next week, we're going to talk about it. And I think it's time we're going to bring back Hot Seat or Hot Streak. I think it's been long enough. We did that back in week, following week two, I believe. So we'll take a look at that. Some teams, I think they've definitely changed positions based off of who we talked about last time. So, Outsiders, make sure you join us next week for all that coverage, all that discussion right here on the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Check out our website. We have NHL power rankings went up earlier today on Tuesday. The football column will be up on Wednesday. Uh, baseball rankings as we approach the World Series. Check out our coverage for that as well as all of our shows. We've got three podcasts going. And I was reminded prior to the show, the Sports Equinox is next week, next Tuesday. All the sports will be going on at the same time. NFL, NHL. MLB, huh? Tuesday. Tuesday. It's a week from today. The, the NBA se- starts. The so the seasons, seasons will be happening. Merged. But that's not the equinox. Se- equinox is when they all play on the same day. Come they on. probably play, all play that Sunday. One of those days. We'll see if there's a World Series game. <laughs> we'll check. We'll get that. Well, that's, I'm sure on Thursday we've got a football, a hockey, a basketball, and we'll a see baseball what the baseball game. schedule. Is. In October. Oh yeah. No fails. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Thanks again for listening.